It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, our mission to serve and empower you to make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, we talked about how used car prices have gone through the roof. I have a personal story about this to share with you, and also some advice if you're shopping for a used car. And later, I have a very, very important warning for you if you take any herbal remedies or dietary supplements. So, used vehicle prices are unbelievably high right now. And I need to take you down memory lane in my life. We have been, there are people that are minivan drivers and people that are SUV drivers. We had been minivan drivers, see, I said had instead of have, since 1996. Minivan City. We've had a number over the years. And we kept the last one just short of 10 years and bought a new one two years ago. Well, we realized we were putting virtually no miles on that minivan because our lives had changed. Three kids, two are now adults. One is a 10th grader. And so the minivan had become irrelevant. So I go online to Edmunds.com, which I think is owned by CarMax now. But I go on Edmonds to appraise my car. And the appraisal to my shock comes out $2,000 higher than I paid for the van brand new two years before. Now, you may wonder, why was I buying a new vehicle? I always talk about why you should buy used. What's the second rule I have? If you keep a vehicle 10 years or longer... It's fine to buy new. So we historically kept our vans an extremely long period of time. But I'm looking at this. They're going to pay me more than I paid for it brand new, according to Edmonds. So I went through a protocol where I went on Carvana.com, and they offered more than what Edmonds said it was worth. And then I went to CarMax, and they offered another $800 more than what Carvana had offered. And what was funny was the CarMax had a Honda dealer right next door. And I was like, do I tempt fate? Do I go next door to the Honda dealer, see if they'll pay me even more than Carvana or CarMax would pay? I was like, no, this is so, so good. I ended up selling a two-year-old minivan for almost $4,000 more than I had paid for it. And I took that check from CarMax, and I felt like I was a thief. <laughs> like I'd stolen from them. But that's how distorted the vehicle market is now. You go drive by, you know, where you'll see a lot of car dealers you know, where they'll be clustered. And look how empty their lots are. I read something this morning that the largest volume Toyota dealer in the country 
has a grand total of one RAV4 in stock. RAV4 is their most popular selling vehicle at a Toyota dealership. And a dealer like that would that's a high volume would tend to have a huge lot full of RAV4s and everything else Toyota. And they have one. And this story is wash, rinse, and repeat wherever you go. So the new vehicle market, extremely short of inventory. The used vehicle market, inflated in value for a number of factors. I mean, this is a boomerang. If you go back to the peak of the pandemic last summer, the used vehicle market was completely overrun with product. And then through the fall, people started buying vehicles who had been um, maybe walking, using public transit, using the little scooters you could rent by the minute in cities. They started moving out, a lot of them, into the suburbs. They bought vehicles. And then the economy started recovering, and then the vaccines came along, and nobody can catch up, and now we've got the chip shortage that automakers are having to idle plants and running at as little as 50% of normal production because they don't have all the parts they need to assemble their vehicles. So we're in a temporary strange cycle with the vehicle market that if you have a vehicle that, like us, where we were like, you know what? We're minivan people, but we're not anymore. And we got a one-time score and did not replace that vehicle. I mean, that's where the real opportunity is. Because if you have to replace a vehicle, you're nowhere. Because you sell one at an inflated price, you got to buy one at an inflated price. And speaking of which, be very, very careful. Lots of reports that odometer rollbacks are a big thing right now. That in people's desperation to get a vehicle, they're not having them checked out. And it's leaving you wide open to manipulation of the odometer. And people are buying a vehicle they think has X miles on it. It might have X times two or three. So be careful out there. I know it's an ugly market right now. The best thing in an ugly market is what you have is working. Keep driving it. Because the ugly will fade and supply and demand will come back into balance sometime in 22. And waiting is the best medicine I can give you for today's car market. All right, Clark, we have several questions about cars. This is from Adam in Ohio. Hi, Clark. What's your opinion on the best car buying strategy for someone who puts on a significant amount of annual mileage? Would it be best to purchase a cheap used car every couple of years, buy new and pay off as quickly as possible, and just live with always being upside down on the loan? Or is there some other way that's easier on the wallet? So historically, what I've said to people who drive a great deal of miles is to buy a vehicle that's two to four years old, that particularly four years, that gets you way down the depreciation curve. If you buy a vehicle that, let's say, is four years old, may have somewhere around forty-five to 60,000 miles on it, it has tons of useful life left on it, but the value of that vehicle has dropped considerably. 
right now it won't as dropped as much as it historically would have, but will still be significantly cheaper than new if you buy something around the four-year mark. And that way you are avoiding having the high cost of new wheels and you have lots and lots of useful life left in it. Now you could do what you said and buy just a cheap used car. I don't know what you mean by cheap, but I would rather see you buy one that you could drive for many years to come or many miles to come that you're able to buy at a big reduction from the original pricing. And lots of people wanted you to get your crystal ball out, Clark. I know you addressed this, but Candy in Florida says auto dealers are charging 3% over MSRP for SUVs. Any idea when the pricing is going to go back to normal? So 3% is actually a lot less than some dealers are charging. I have a picture that someone sent me of a dealer that at least you can respect their honesty that put on their SUVs, the, it was a pink sticker with black text on it that said, this vehicle is being sold for $10,000 over MSRP. There was another one that said $20,000 over MSRP. So the dealer was like, hey, come on. We got such demand right now. This is what we're doing. You want this vehicle? If it MSRP is at 60, we're selling at 70. This one, 60, we're selling for 80. So 3% over means that they're selling for like $1,500-$2,000 over MSRP. And that is actually not the level of gouging that is going on a lot of places in the country. As far as normal, normal will be sometime next year as to what month in 22. I can't tell you yet, but it will happen. It's a normal cycle that we're going through right now that is magnified by the odd effects of the pandemic. And something I've not mentioned recently, and that is the disruption to the vehicle marketplace that has happened from the rental car fleets. Okay, and Jose in Texas says, I recently sold my vehicle because of the high demand for used cars, and after owning it for two years, I was able to sell it for a $1,500 difference from when I bought it. Because of this and your helpful advice of saving money, I now have $30,000 in the savings account and no clue how to make the money work for me. I thought about real estate investing. I have a Roth IRA, and currently I don't work since I'm in an accelerated pilot school and plan on only investing around 20 k to have a nice cushion for when I graduate to be able to pay my bills. And he mentioned um, buying maybe a couple of rental houses. So you're a busy guy, Jose. So you're in accelerated flight school, and your timing could not be more brilliant is the airlines have an aging pilot force. There's going to be a massive wave of retirements there's going to be a strong, strong need to have you in the cockpit. So in your case, since you are in accelerated flight school, which if you're not aware, that means you're either doing book learning or in the cockpit or in a simulator all the time, um, I wouldn't suggest that you get involved in buying rental properties right now. They're overpriced right now anyway. You can't do a Roth IRA because you're not working. So for now, what I would do is I would add to your savings cushion, have that money available 
for when you finish school. You're then going to have plenty of time. You're going to be able to stash $6,000 each year into a Roth IRA. You're going to be able to participate in the airline-provided 401k, uh, the Roth version of it, definitely earlier in your career. And I think having a stash of cash right now, even though you're only going to earn half a percent on it, is probably the best answer at this moment. And if you're one of the millions of people who take supplements, I got a key warning for you coming straight ahead. Do you know that roughly three-quarters of us take some form of herbal remedy or a dietary supplement? And I take melatonin occasionally. And I don't know if it's psychological, but I seem to sleep better than I used to, which I, I think is something that normally would just be anecdotal, but I wear the aura ring and I get a sleep score every night. And my trend line has been getting better with my sleep over time instead of worse. I also made an adjustment, and that is I avoid caffeine after 6 o'clock at night. And 6 o'clock? Is that too early? Oh, my gosh. If I have any, like, afternoon, I am awake. No, for me, it's 6 at night. I don't drink coffee, so any caffeine I have comes from a superior soft yeah, drink. Yeah, diet sodas all yeah, day. Like uh, Pepsi Zero Sugar, Coke Zero Sugar, uh, Diet Dr. Pepper, something like that. So I have reduced consuming that till earlier in the day. And yesterday I had a Coke Zero at 7.45 at night, I'm confessing. Oh, my gosh. And it took me a while to fall asleep last night as a result of having had that. But anyway, melatonin is very popular. How many herbal remedies or dietary supplements do you take now, Krista? You take 44 a day? No, but I take take vitamin D every day. Oh, I take vitamin D. Yeah, that's a supplement. That's a supplement? Sure. Okay. I mean, and then I take a vitamin B complex. So I do take that. I mean, I guess I take vitamins. You're right. Um, FDA says supplements include vitamins. Okay. But the big business is people who want to be extra strong. Your weight loss products, all that craziness. Yeah, I mean, you watch watch ESPN, the Ocho, anything other than main ESPN. You're going to see ad after ad on ESPN2 or uh, ESPN. What's What's the one with the games that are so obscure? Anyway. Or if you're on social media and you see all these influencers that take these supplements to help them like muscle up or help them lose weight. I mean, it's all over the place. Well, according to the FDA, a huge percent of those that you might take for weight loss or muscle building will be tainted. That they have things in them that are not listed on the label or the wrong amounts of them. And this is a terrible problem. The, the worst, though, of all is the ones I hear on Pandora, which when I'm listening to Pandora music, which are all the ads for uh, sexual aids. And those are the ones that have by far the greatest problem with ingredients that aren't as they say, either with things that aren't listed on the label being in them 
or the the amounts of things in them being very different than what they say. Well, I was surprised by like the findings on melatonin that you take. Yeah, that melatonin, a lot of the melatonin has very different amounts of melatonin yeah. than's on the label. Some had like 425% more melatonin than it said. It's so scary. <laughs> so I only take melatonin that has a USP label on it. And if you're not aware of this, almost no drugs are drugs. We can't call them drugs. Herbal remedies or dietary supplements are run through either of the two major oversight bodies that test and verify that what you're getting is what it says on the label. And USP and NSF and NSF are the two that you should be looking for. Go look at the herbal remedies and dietary supplements you take and see if they have a USP or NSF certification on them. If they don't, you're completely in the Wild West and not in a good way because the danger is you could have an adverse health income. How's that for the way medicine would say it? You could have something go bad wrong (laughs) would be a better way to say it, taking these things. And remember the categories that you're at greatest risk of this, and that is people who want to look like the person in the commercial on the ESPN whatever, um, or people that are in those weight loss ads that say, take this and you're going to look like this. This is the before and this is the after. Uh-uh. So often you're going to be taking adulterated product. In the past, I told you about how with the weight loss things, a lot of times they have illegally pharmaceutical compounds in them. They could be very dangerous, potentially deadly to you. You want that USP or NSF label on that container before you buy it. This is from Howard in Virginia. I was recently informed by someone who I trust and expect would never lead me astray that there is a government organization working with the World Bank to provide an opportunity to apply for a grant of up to $150,000. I'm told I could use the money in any way I might please, including to upgrade my standard of living, pay bills, etc., by empowering me financially. My friend claims to have received $150,000 already herself from the Global Grant Fund. It is tax-free and as a grant doesn't have to be paid back. All I'd have to do is pay a $1,000 delivery fee and clearance fees. And they give a um, supposed website, which is a Facebook profile of a guy who claims to be a government agent and has like one friend. Howard, this is 100% a scam. Stay away from it. The reality is instead of getting 150000 not only will you be the $1,000 poorer, but they will come back to you for more and more money with more and more excuses is why you have not received your $150,000. Don't believe it. Don't do it. And your friend who says, uh, the person you trust who says that this is the real deal I don't know what their deal is. And this is from Gladys in Georgia. I noticed a rat sunbathing on my condo patio a couple of days ago. I notified the HOA and board of directors requesting an exterminator, and they did not acknowledge the notification. 
I'm fearful that the rats carry disease and might bite one of the dogs or worse, one of the inhabitants. Clark, please let me know who I can call about this grounds infestation. Okay, this is terrible, Gladys. Please tell me you have a picture of the rat sunbathing. Um, If there is a rat infestation, then this is something your HOA and board should be all over. I'm shocked that nobody has responded to you about this. And what I would do is, if you don't have a picture, next time you see one of the rats, you take a picture of it and you post it on social media. Or actually, let the HOA, Condo Association, and the board know that if they don't do something about this, you are going to post on social media. Next door is a good place for that too. Yeah, next door people. But the the thing is, I don't want you to go ahead and post on social media. I want to use that as a second chance threat to the to the management company and the board because you will hurt the values, at least temporarily, of units in your complex if you do post that on Nextdoor or on other social media outlets. Okay, Edita in Connecticut. I hope I said your name right. I'm thinking about moving back to Europe. At 50 years old, it's hard and scary. I'm thinking about selling my townhouse and my car. Question one, is it better to go through an agent? Since the inventory is low, perhaps selling by owner would be more profitable? And question two, I have a 2019 model car. Please help me pick the best way to sell it. Should I go to Craigslist or CarGuru or what other ways do you recommend, please? It will be costly to start my life over again. So think back to what I said at the beginning of the podcast in terms of the car. I'm going to start with it first. Is that if you go to one of the sites like Kelly Blue Book or Edmonds or NADA, Figure out what that 2019 is worth. Use the ability to go to the people that will give you an instant price. Um, Carvana is by far the easiest of those to use, but now there are several others opening up. Uh, Traditional car dealers right now are so desperate for inventory that they're pretty easy to deal with to sell them your 2019. Do not put it on Craigslist unless you hate yourself because that will be a mess. As far as selling your townhouse yourself, because of the short inventory, short supply of inventory for so many properties, the advantage of selling through an agent is the wide sweep that you have and the number of offers. In many places, you may get multiple offers for more than ask in the first few days. This is a time that, although you could very effectively sell for sale by owner, I think it's potentially possible you will overcome the commission and possibly make more net income to yourself from the sale of the townhouse selling through an agent. You know, it's not a uh, cakewalk selling on your own. And I would always advise you, if you do decide to do a for sale by owner, that you agent protect. If an agent brings you a buyer, that you pay 2 to 3% commission to someone who brings you a qualified buyer. But it is your choice. And I hope that the move back to Europe turns out to be a great one for you. 
And I want to tell you, I hate that we receive so many emails we can't get to on the podcast. If you haven't heard your question addressed, please reach out to our Consumer Action Center for one-on-one advice. It's free at 470-284-7137. You can find out more info about the Consumer Action Center at clark.com slash CAC.